Well, good morning, everybody. Look at our newest usher. This is Devin. Everybody say hi to Devin. You do ushing well, Devin. He just goes, thank you. Great to have you here this morning. Um, I'm, I'm excited about this series only for the fact that you know, money is not the easiest thing to talk about. It's not the most comfortable thing to talk about, but this is what we normally experience when we have, uh, you know, just our wallets. They're just like, Lord, it's just as quick as I make it. How many have ever found that? Yeah, most of you are like, how did he? It's a magic wallet. Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, so the Lord explained to me that we need to be taught this. And so here's my purpose behind it. I'm not, I want to just put you at ease. I'm not here to pick your pocket. I'm not here to try to do anything. I want you to know what God says about money and what he says about giving so that you can't be manipulated. I'm not here to pull on your heartstrings or I'm here to show you truth. Somebody say truth. So that once you know it, then you can do what the Lord wants you to do and you can walk in that blessing. So it is just an an amazing thing when I know Pastor Kim and I, we've, you know, we didn't always have the realization of, of giving or how the kingdom works and all of those kind of things. And it's one of those things I wish somebody would have told us sooner or we would have dug into the word sooner and found out how to do it. I want us to look at uh, a couple scriptures this morning, and we're going to do most of what we're looking at out of these scriptures. I mean, there's several that we're going to look at, but here's the two that we're going to get started on. Luke 6, 37 through 38, and this is what it says. You're going to recognize this once we get started. Do not judge others. You'll not be judged. Do not condemn others. Or, Well, let me stop right here real quick. I forgot to welcome our online. Let's, let's welcome the people that are watching us online. God bless you guys. So glad that you're with us today. I'm going to go back to this now. See, I stopped just because you're important. So <laughs> forgive others and you'll be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaking together, make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So my goal here is to help prove that God wants you blessed in every area. And so uh, Pastor Kim and I uh, and uh, Amy were just talking in the praise room, in the green room, in the back before service that the, one of the least things that you can uh, steward over is, is money. If you'll listen to some of this, the truth, how many knows I don't want to tell you anything that's not in here. So, you know, if I'm going to tell you the truth and it's in here, then we need to take heed to that. Not my opinion, but what God says. And when, we, when we're good stewards over that, it changes everything. So let's, let's continue. So I want to prove that God wants you blessed. Matthew 7, 1 and 2 says this, Do not judge others, and you'll not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. If I was to ask you what is the topic of that scripture, what would you say? Judge. Judging. Judgment. So, you know, we can see that. So I want to reread that again and just say, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard in which you will be judged. So it's not a trick question. Are these verses we just read about money? Is there money in there? Does it talk about money? And we would all say, no, it's not about that. It's not talking about that. Now, in Luke... It can refer to money, but it also talks about judging in the beginning. It says, judge not, 
and you will not be judged. And with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. So if we go back to Luke 6, 37 and 38, this is, we're going to exercise short-term memory here. Do not judge others. This is how it's starting. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together. Make room for more running over. Pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So most theologians, they say this is a parallel package, or it's a parallel passage, and this package that they're trying to tell you here. Uh, and we look at Luke 6, 38, the amount you give will determine what you get back. Now, depending on your version of how that says that, these are the same two phrases, like in Matthew. Matthew is saying the same thing. And theologians will tell you this is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is from Jesus doing the Sermon on the Mount, and we have two things that are happening here. You have a tax collector and a doctor giving you, this is their, this is their story. Here's what took place and so we're getting a little more detail and a little more different things between the two of them. So um, uh, Luke 6.38 says, Give and you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaking together. Make room for more. Running over. Pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. So if we look at Matthew 7, what did we say the topic was? Judging. What's the topic of Luke? How's it start out? Judging. So we need to understand... Uh, what we're what's happening here now again in luke it's talking about judging condemning forgiving and and so we get that and i'm going to explain that here in just a second but um what happens is when this is usually taught when we go to luke and i've taught it that way and a lot of other people teach it that way we 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 quote luke 638 given it'll be given back to you good measure pressed down shaking together running over <laughs> now you need to understand the reference to that and i I didn't go in detail in first service, but back in the day, if you were wealthy, you owned land. And if you owned land, you owned land usually is, you know, the further out from the city, uh, it would be harder for those that didn't, the poor that didn't have anything. And the landowners were asked to not give the corners of their field, the corners of their field, like if you took a square field, they would shave off, make it a, a circular and, and then the corners of the field were left for the poor. So they would take their baskets out. Now, if you live further out of town, you need to understand this reference. Because when they're talking about good measure, putting as much as you can put in the basket, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. They would have to carry. The further you lived out, the further they had to go back to town. So the reference is basically, that's what was happening. That's how that reference of the basket, if you can picture a basket full and they're getting as much in that as possible. But when we're talking about, this is talking about judging. And again, Luke is referring to not just judging, it is everything. And this will work for you or it can work against you. So if we're talking about judging, if you judge others, it's going to come back to you. Good measure, press down. Shaking together and running over. If you don't forgive people, guess what comes back to you? Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Could it be used, PB, for money? Absolutely. Because it'll come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It's okay to use it for money, but my issue, and that we have to be cautious of as we read these scriptures, and again, theologians say they're parallel. It's about the same event. Is is we get in our mindset, 
And the church teaches this when we try to get at your wallet. Here's what happens. If you give this, we've been in services, the first 10 people to give $10, God's going to bless them. and gonna, You know what? I would be very cautious because I've been there, done that. I'm not here to pick your pocket. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you how you give. If you get the idea that the only reason I'm going to give, the only reason I'm going to give is because I know if I give, I'm going to get a bunch. That's a heart issue. So we have to look at that. We have to look at our heart. This whole thing about giving is a heart issue. Is it true that if you give, you get? Yes. Every farmer plants a seed. He expects a harvest. You know how many times we blame God for crop failure, but we didn't put anything in the ground? We do. Or we want, we, we'll work this little field, and then we want 5 million acres of blessing for this little field. Now, I'm not saying God can't bless, but what I'm saying is if he's told you to expand or move the tent pegs or whatever, and you're like, uh-uh, I ain't going to do that. Why do we do that? And expect God. I want to get to you tonight or today just about your heart. Just if I can get you to understand if we get our hearts right. In the next six weeks, I'm going to show you. If you give me six weeks, I'm going to show you and prove to you what God says about giving and tithing. So that you'll know no matter where you are, you're good with that. And can I just tell you, it's an amazing thing when you're obedient to the Lord. <laughs> our, our, our church, our headship is in New Albany, Johnstown, Pastor Gary and Drenda. And I was <clears throat> at Pastor's Church. I've been there actually three weeks in a row, which is almost like, woo, for me. But see, it's, it's good for me because then I, I get fed and, and I get pumped up. And plus, I get to see Pastor and then I get to, you know, we, we get to talk not just on the phone or whatever. I get to say, hey, how's it going? Oh, this is this and this and this. And so, you know, it's all good. But I'm on my way there, and you just need to hear my heart here, because what, what I'm telling you is, is truth. I'm not going to tell you anything that's not. Uh, so when I give there, I always give an offering, because my tithe, I put my tithe and offering here, but if I'm going to give more, I'm going to give over there. And so Pastor Kim is okay with that. I'll say, hey, I, I gave it to church. You're going to see this come out. And she's like, oh, I already did. I got it. No problem. Because that's, you know, we have understood what I'm going to show you about heart. Now, this isn't, and I'm going to try to get this as clear to you as I can. We have been in services where they're just like, I got to say, I'm not real happy with how I responded. I was in a service, mega church, and I felt the Lord tell me to go up front and give from our church. Our church was not that big at the time, uh, and so I went up front and an usher stopped me. I was in line, and an usher stopped me, grabbed a hold of my arm, and said, how much are you giving? And I said, we're going to give $500. And he, the look on his face, he goes, and he turns to the other usher and goes, this guy's only going to give $500. He's in the wrong line. Can I tell you, he had a hold of my arm, and my wife knows how I am before. I'm not that way now. I looked down at my hand, I looked at him, I said, you better get your hand off my arm. I was not happy. It took every restraint I had to stay there. I was like, oh, I'm sitting down, I am not giving anything. No. I don't know if you ever felt that way, but that's what I felt. I was 
ticked. And I stood there, and he went on and on, and I was like, oh, help me, Jesus. How about if I hit him and pray for his healing? Come on. And Lord, of course, he didn't say anything. And then there was another brother there, and I went to him, and he goes, man, are you okay? And I said, and I just said, I said, this brother here needs to stay away from me. I, I said, I'm trying to fight off a fence, but, you know, this is what he said. And, and his words to me were, everybody needs to be the widow's mite once in a while. You're not helping. Because $500 to, to my church was a big deal. Do you know what I'm saying? It might not be a big deal to them, you know, in, in their mindset or whatever, but I'm going to show you what a kingdom heart will do. But I stayed, and I went to the guy that was receiving, and, I, and, I, and he knows me. He's a friend of mine, and so I said, we're giving $500. And I, he knew I was upset, and he was like, praise God, brother. He said, this church again is going to be generous and give to the cause or something. Never said the amount, and I was like, I sat down. Now, listen to the story. I'm going to play this out. I sat down, and my wife knew he's not happy. But so I sit down, and then the, the uh, was it that night or the next day, somebody, they call and say, I saw you were up front, and the Lord told me, whatever you're giving, I'm to match it. And so I was able to call back to that church. And I'm just telling you, my flesh was like, I'm not giving them that. I'll give him the 500. Can you just put the other 500 in our church? But that's not what he said. So I said, hey, that just got doubled because God showed somebody me, me giving that. They didn't know what I gave. So they asked if I can ask how much you gave. Now, here's another thing. Integrity would say, I'm going to tell you I gave $500. Flesh would say, I gave $5,000. Now, see, nobody thinks like that but me. Okay, sorry. All right. But anyway, to go back to Pastor Gary, that was just one case. Pastor Gary, I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to give tonight? And, and this is what God said. You have a dollar folded up in your wallet. Now, I had gotten $10 somehow from some somewhere, and I took a dollar out of that. Because how much is 10% of $10? And I separated it and stuck it in my wallet. I forgot about it. I just forgot about it. And I remember seeing it the other day, a week or two ago, and I... And I thought, I need, to, I need to give that. I forgot about that. And then when he said that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's in there. I'm pretty sure it's still in there. And so he said, I said, you want me to give a dollar? And this is what he said. You give it, watch what I'll do. So when I got in, I sat down, and I, helped, I heard the Lord say, just get it ready. So I took it out of my wallet because, you know, they're passing the plate later in the service. You don't want to be, oh, there it is. I didn't want to do that. So I got it, and I stuck it right here, and I was sitting down. I no sooner stuck it down, and a guy walked up to me. He goes, hey, PB, how you doing? I said, good. He said, just good. I said, I'm great. He said, just great. I said, I'm living the dream. I was like, dude, what do you want me to say? And he turns around. He slaps a $100 bill right in my hand, and he said, and I told you this story, but he said, the Lord told me to do that, and you'd know what it was for, and he went and sat down. He didn't know the story, didn't know anything. I asked him later. He said, all I know is the Spirit said, you know, he had already told you, you know what it was for. Just like that. What am I trying to tell you? What I'm trying to tell you is get our minds off of the amount. Get our minds onto our heart. Get our minds onto understanding, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. 
So if we study even some of this, you know, the scripture we're talking about where it says, given it will be given, you know, good measure, pressed down, all of that. Give is a verb. That's the main action. Use implied. Uh, Jesus is saying, if you give is the objective pronoun. There's no such thing as it, so it must be replaced with something. So in, in Luke, it can be whatever it is, is going to be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So we're going to get more back. So it, it can work for money, but it can work for other things. So it can work for you, or it can work against you. Again, for judgment, unforgiveness, it can work for money as well. So we can apply that. <clears throat> Can, um, well, I, what my heart is this, there's a fine line if we're just, when we're giving, it is okay to expect to get back. I think you should. A farmer puts seed in the ground, he knows he's going to get that. It's okay to expect. But if our only motive is we are giving to get, then I think we're missing the mark. I, I wonder if, you know, the God who started everything, think about this, God who, he started this whole thing about giving, for God so loved the world that he gave. So God started, God doesn't need anything. So he's not giving for himself, so it, it obviously means it's for us. And our mindset in the world we've been raised in has taught us, you know, the one with the most toys wins. So we need to get all of this stuff. And it's, it's, you know, so is God up in heaven going, they've got the gift of hoarding? God's not saying that. He doesn't want us to have the gift of, of getting. Give it, give it, give me, give me, give me, give me. He wants us to have his heart, a giving heart that knows, you know, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, he will provide for me. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. No matter what that looks like, God will provide. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> it's a hard issue. Sowing and reaping is always in place, seed time and harvest. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8 says this. There are any poor in your towns when you arrive in, in the land the Lord your God's giving you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and give them whatever they need. So here's four things I'm going to give you to check your heart since this is a heart issue. Here's our first one. First thought is don't be tight-fisted. You might be the only Bible people read. They don't, they, don't know about, they don't want to know about church and religion. They want to know about answers. They want to know how that works. You know, I, I, I've paid for people's food. I don't even know who they are. Never saw them again. They were in line at McDonald's, and the Lord said, buy all their money. I don't know what they're even going to get. And I'll tell you, when I did that, what I was going there to get, I'll tell you what I was going to get. You want me to tell you? Sure, go ahead. Glad you asked me. So I wanted those bagel breakfast sandwiches, the steak bagel thing. It's got cheese. It's got onions. It's just yummy. It's also probably about 1,000 calories. But I was like, ooh, I'm going to get me one of those. No, I wasn't because once I paid for all their food, I got a small coffee, I think. I could, didn't have any money left. But then God blessed me later. It's about our heart. Lord, how do we have that kind of heart? I don't want to be tight-fisted. Deuteronomy 15, 9. Do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone a loan because the year of canceling debts is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan... 
to a needy person cries out, Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. Now, in the Israeli economy back then, they had what they had called the year of Jubilee. Every seven years, all debts were canceled. How many would like that to be installed today? Would that be not cool? Yes, hey, we just got a house. Seven years later, my house is paid. That would be awesome. And this is what the scripture is saying. They're saying if somebody needed to borrow money, you were not supposed to keep it from them. So like if it was the sixth year, sixth month, and they're saying, man, I need this money, you know in six months they don't have to pay it back because Jubilee is going to happen. So they're saying if you think like that, that's wrong. On the other hand, they're saying if you're the dude on the other end going, <laughs> I'm going to wait till six years, six months, and I'm going to ask for the money. They'll have to give it to me, and I won't have to pay it back. That's wrong. So looking at all of that, we're saying, all right, God, I wish that was still implemented, but obviously that's not. Uh, but it's heart issues. We're, we're born in America. You're kind of we're all born selfish. If we don't get our way, if things aren't just right, if we don't have the remote right by our chair, what do you mean you only get one ice cube? My dad grew up with one ice cube. He said that his mom only gave him one ice cube. I'm like, why is that? He goes, I don't know. We grew up, my sister and I grew up, we didn't get, you know, there's some, like when I met Kim, Kim was like, I went to her house, and I got Pepsi in the glass bottle. And when you popped it, that little smoky swirl, and the little beads would, I'd be, oh, my gosh, it's heaven. And she'd be like, you can have that. And I'm like, do I have to split it? And she looked at me funny like, split it? Because me and my sister, if we ever got pop, we got it on the Wizard of Oz night and the pumpkin night with Charlie Brown. Because you only watched it one time a year when the world watched it. How many remember? We didn't have DVDs or anything like that. See, the kids are like, what? We got, you know, those were the nights we got pop if we got it. Then the rest of the time, Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. That's all we got. Kool-Aid and water. So, you know, just understanding, Lord, give me not a selfish but a generous heart. Let me just tell you, men and, women are, men and women are different, aren't we? I will share almost anything with Kim. Well, I would, I would share anything, but let's just be honest. Men, when we're hungry, ladies, you always want to split food. We do not want to split food. You go through the drive-thru, I'll ask, I'll ask PK, what do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really hungry. I'll just eat part of yours. No, you will not. <laughs> I don't want to share my food. We'll go, so we went to Disney. Now, we did go to Disney, and we, we, were, we were living it up, man. We were like living the good life, because we went to a place, um, uh, Liberty Tavern. You need to if you go to Disney, go to Liberty Tavern and get the Pilgrim's Feast. They're serving that in heaven, I'm telling you. But it was awesome. So I got the Pilgrim's Feast. They have a pot roast dinner. Kim got that. And they're those are all of those are big portions. I mean, they're good good sized meals. And then we got a third entree that was a salad. So we started eating the salad. We got the other meals. Then we got dessert. We walked out of there. Hey, hey, hey. We didn't split anything. 
I mean, and we were just full. But in most cases, you know, women are just, I'll just have part of yours. Or they're not hungry, I don't want anything. You start eating, and they want to eat your food. We don't want you to eat our food. We were kind of born that way. We were just like, mine. Most kids, the first thing, one of the first words they learn besides mom and dad is mine. Mine. Can I have that? Mine. We, we'd go pick up Maddie in the nursery. Maddie would put herself in timeout because she'd see a toy she wanted to play with. She'd go grab it and smack the kid and go sit in the timeout chair. We're like, you can't even play with it. Mine. It, you know, we were kind of born with that nature. So our second thought is, we got to change our mindset. But our second thought is, watch your body language. Watch your body language. Because it's easy to be selfish. It's easy that we have to have everything the way we want. Because we're used to that. Everything's convenient. You know, there, and we said last week, all churches are, oh, we got to be seeker friendly. we got to be this. We've even had some churches say, you, you don't want to put a cross in the uh, auditorium because, or the sanctuary. Because it might offend people. It might be too churchy. Put a helmet on. That's the whole reason we're here is the cross. I'm like, God, we got to just start getting back to going, you know, God, we can be seeker-friendly to a point. But after a while, it's just like, help me, Jesus. Okay, I got that out of my system. Okay, watch your body language. So you got to watch your body language. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Selfishness attacks us before we give. Grief is after I don't know if you've ever written a big check to the church. We've done that. And before you do it, you're battled with, oh, I don't know. I mean, we could use this money for so much. We could do this. We could do that. But, you know, oh. And you start going through that. And then after you give it, if anything breaks, you're like, oh, and the enemy starts piling on. If you still had the money and you hadn't given it, you'd be sitting pretty. But no. So you got to battle that. We were in a service, and I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to walk this out. So I hope this is all right. I'm trying to make this as easy as I can so that you can go, I can do that. We were in a service. wasn't a pastor. I, you know, so some, some people think, well, you don't even know what it's like to be poor. I beg to differ. I have been bankrupt. I've been on Medicaid. I've been on welfare. We have done all of that. We don't do that now, but we came from that. And that's true. I mean, the Schwann ice cream trucks going to the people over there. Wicks coming to our house, and we're eating peanut butter and Cheerios. We know what that's like. We're going to church. I think it was just with Mal then. She might have been. I don't even know if we had Zach. We're going to church. And I, we, we came to church. And if, can you relate? We came to church on a wing and a prayer. Gas tank on W for walk. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're like, we're like, dear Lord, I don't even know if we're going to make it home. We got nothing in the refrigerator but maybe like ketchup and some white bread so we could have a ketchup sandwich or something. West Virginia round steak, if you're lucky, that's bologna. Glenn, you'll like that one, West Virginia round steak. Anyway, uh, we didn't have any money. And in my wallet, I had $10. And I just felt impressed to give the $10. I did not want to give the $10. I can't tell you enough, I did not want to give the $10. My advice to you men, marry a godly woman. Because she will keep you in line. Because the Holy Spirit will use her to keep you in line. 
And so I turned to her, expecting her to say, you know, dear, we just need to get some gas and some food, so you don't have to give that $10. She doesn't talk like that. I'm just, for theatrical reasons, okay. Uh, she said, yeah, you need to give it. And so they took the offering, and it was when they had the gold, uh, this church had gold plates. Now, we, you know, we have buckets, which you can still see what goes in, but I was just like, oh, man. So I was, I'm ticked, and I'm kind of ticked at the preacher because he's asking for 10 bucks. Well, he's not saying 10 bucks, but that's all I got. I'm kind of ticked at God because that's all I got. Of course, I'm going to blame God for crop failure because I'm not doing anything. So I get out of my wallet, $10. They print that plate, and this is what I do. This is my body language. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That's probably, I didn't say anything to anybody on my way out. Now, remember the thing with the $100? That just happened two weeks ago. But this is what happened. This is, I don't know how many years ago, 33, something like that, 32. So bald man, white hair, I don't know his name, came up, shook my hand, had something in his hand, and said something to me. Lord told me to give this to you. I can't remember his exact words. I probably even said it in first service, and he just walked away. In this, in this hand, I opened my hand, there was $10. And the Lord spoke to my heart right away and said, as quick as you can give it, I can get it back to you. Now, I was all upset about throwing $10 in. And God just is like, here it comes right back at you. I'm trying to show you something about your heart. I don't know if you can relate to any of those illustrations, but the kingdom goes forward. The enemy hates that. People get saved. People get set free. Demons get cast out of people. People get healed. The enemy hates that. It is because of giving, not just finances, but it's just of our devotion, our enthusiasm. When we come to church, man, we should be like, yes, me included. Before I go any further, I need some money for lunch. I'm just, oh, sweet. I just happened to think, I don't have any, Devin, good man. Look. All right, let's, let's keep going. You really don't think I'm going to keep going, do you? So, so look at some of you are like, can I, can I come up there and ask for lunch money? <laughs> okay. Let me, let me just explain be, before you. I gave that to Devin before the service. And basically what I told, actually I gave it to Tom who gave it to Devin who said pastor's going to ask for it. So I did this in first service. So my point is, I had already given him the money and said, I'm going to ask for it in the service. I need you to bring it to me. Let me ask you a couple questions real quick. Did it make him sad to give me that money? Why? Because it wasn't his. It was mine. I want to I want to prove something to you. See, we get upset when we want to give money back that God asks because we think it's ours. It's not. It's his. What if he had it turned around? Hey, give 90% back and you keep 10. I don't think we'd like that system too well. But it's just amazing because I'm trying to get you to the mindset. I had to see and say 
Wow, that's, that's huge because this is God's money. I, I don't get, he didn't grieve. Devin didn't be like, oh, man, what am I going to do? It was never his in the first place. It was mine, and I just said I'm going to ask for it back. The reason we get upset is because we think that's our money. Everything we have comes from God. Your job. God gave you your job. You get to work there for him. And when he asks for things back, we should give it immediately. When we're giving back tithe, tithe is just returning. Tithing is just returning. It is basically the the fence around the garden that keeps the bunnies out, so to speak, from eating all your lettuce. But it's, it's, it's just returning. I'm just giving back to God. It's already his. Where giving comes in is offering. God is asking for this amount, and then above that, I'm going, you know what? I, my heart is so good for you. I believe in God for great things. Whatever you tell me to give. A dollar? God, you're only asking me to give a dollar? Watch what I'll do. You see, it's an amazing thing when he has your heart because he can take a dollar, he can take 50 cents. It don't matter. He can do whatever you give him. And here's what you have to understand. You have authority of what you have authority over. Now that sounds pretty redundant, but listen. You have authority for what is yours. Wherever you put your foot, whatever is yours, that's where you have legality for God to multiply. Somebody say amen to that. If you don't have a net for that, or you don't have a place for that, or you don't have, then God can't you because you didn't bring the kingdom into that situation. Are you getting this? That's why when we give an offering, you'll hear me say we're pulling it out of the earth curse system, out of the world system. Why can we do that? Because we have authority to do that, and we are putting it into the kingdom where now Jesus has legal jurisdiction because now the kingdom is there. If you're not there, the kingdom's not there. Come on. So because it is my authority and mine, the kingdom is there, and so now Jesus can say, I hear the case, and I'll work on it. I got this. And Jesus said this, you tell the mountain. You don't have to tell God about it. God already knows about it. You tell the mountain, and God says, I'll back you up. That's how that works. That's how the kingdom is working. Confess, believe, and do not doubt. We are, we are speaking life. When it comes to, you know, you either believe what I'm going to teach you in six weeks or you don't. The choice is up to you. I have fruit to prove to you that what I'm teaching you is true. Okay. So we watched our body language. Here's our third thought. Be generous. Deuteronomy 15, 14. Give him a generous farewell gift from your flock, your threshing floor, your wine press. Share with him some bounty which with the Lord your God has blessed you. We got to be in the place where we don't just give, but we give generously. If you see a need and God says, I want you to meet that, then it goes back to the heart. God, I just want to meet that. What's that need? Matthew 6, 21 says, now listen to this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your version may say, where your treasure is, your heart is also. It gets misquoted the other way. Where your heart is, your treasure is. It's misquoted. Your treasure is always leading. Your heart follows your treasure. Did you see it? You're, uh, you got the word in front of you. So your heart follows your treasure. 
So if we get this mixed up, and that's why we get things out of balance, people will say, I want, I want my treasure to be in the kingdom. Okay, put your treasure. What, what if God tells you to give 20% and not 10%? I'm not that convinced. I don't know. Okay, I, I'm not telling you to give 20%. I'm just saying where your treasure lies, your heart will lie also. If your treasure is in a brand new boat and you're out there waxing it and all that, there's nothing wrong with having a brand new boat. But you have some treasure in there, so your heart's kind of tied with that. If you put your treasure in the S&P 500, you're going to watch the stock. How many know? There's nothing wrong with that. Part of your heart's in there because your investment is in that. That's where your heart goes. Your treasure leads the way. Lay up your treasures, what's the Bible say? In heaven. Hmm. Where rust and things don't happen. It doesn't decay up there. Treasure. Why? Because your heart will be there. If you want your heart to be in the kingdom, put your treasure there. Come to me, or people will come to, to PK and I and say, I want to be on fire for the kingdom. Love that. Well, how'd you do that? Well, we just had to obey. How'd that happen? Did you know that was going to happen before? I just knew God would take care of us. So what, well, it caused us to have to write this check. Well, when you wrote that check, what did you? Well, no, we didn't know. We didn't know how he was going to do it. But because you have to base your belief on the kingdom of God, everything in the kingdom works by, by faith, by confession, believing, and not doubting. That's how the kingdom runs. We have to put things in our natural reasoning mind out of the way because the enemy comes in in the natural self, does he not? You're such a loser. You'll never be able to get that. You should have never gave that amount. Don't give that. Wait, you can pray about it. How many knows the enemy will even try to use you spiritual terms? Go home and pray about it. But if it's already the tithe, what's there to pray about? God's already stated it. Has he not? He's never going to go against his word. I'm just being as plain as I can be. It's just, it's, it's amazing. But God is looking for people that love him with their heart. Sometimes writing stuff when it comes to money, you see, because money is king in this world. In heaven, Jesus is king. And Jesus is king in you, and that's one of the ways we bring heaven to earth when we demonstrate the love of God, of Jesus being king. How's he king? We have fruit. We just do whatever he says. Why? It's not ours. I don't tell Jesus who to give what to because that's his business. I just am the steward. I've told you this before, what you feed grows and what you starve dies. Feed the kingdom. Put your treasure in the kingdom and your heart will be there as well. Here's our last thought for this morning. Be thankful. I really don't understand all except of just obedience. People say, well, how have you been able to do that? And I said at the beginning of this message, you know, 
Pastor Kim was saying that she heard a teaching where money was the least. If you can be trusted in this, you can be trusted in anything. But if you're trustworthy, God will give you more because he can trust you. you, you gotta, I'm going to give you an illustration in the next six weeks that will make this so clear that, you know, you're, you're going to be like, I should, I, I, I should have seen that a long time ago. But that's my goal. That my goal is to peel this onion back so far that you're like, man, this is awesome. Because now I can see. Because I'm going to prove to you that you can, well, I give 10%. But I can prove to you, depending on how your heart is and the way you give it, you really still may not be tithing. But if I could tweak that and show you something, it could unleash some things that you're like, oh, my word. Would it be worth it? Be thankful. There's time, you know, Kim and I have given way over 10%, double that, and different stuff. I mean, and offerings and, and all, all that. And I'm not saying look at us. I'm just telling, I, I don't know you, so I can only tell you my experience. So this isn't to say, you know, oh, look at me. Just get, get off that. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to prove to you, because some people look and they'll say, oh, you know, pastor's blessed. Yes, I'm blessed. But it isn't because he loves me more than he loves you. How many knows? Let's get this straight right now. Right now, you've heard me teach this, but I'm going to tell you again. God does not arbitrarily choose who I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless Katie today because she's she's nice and I like that striped shirt. So I'm going to bless her. She's cute. Katie's my niece. Just saying. So before you're like, he's calling somebody cute. It's my niece. He doesn't arbitrarily just say, I'm going to bless Katie, and I'll, I'll bless Kim as well, and, and Dave back there. I'll, yeah, he's, been, he's ornery, but I like him. I'll, I'll bless him too. He doesn't arbitrarily do that. Do you understand that the kingdom will work for anybody that applies it? That's how that is. If you knew electricity, and you knew how to make these lights work, you could make them work because, you know, you put these wires together or do this, run this through the conduit or whatever that is, and da-da, you got juice. Clear. You got all that. Anybody can do that if they know how to do that. That's how the kingdom works. God doesn't just say, you know what? I don't like you today. I like you, but He doesn't arbitrarily do that. We need to establish that right up front. This is a God that sent his son for you. Do you understand? Be thankful. See, what we do and what we've learned as the church is we look at people because we think they have a lot. So this is the way you say they have a lot so they can give a lot. They can afford to give. I can't afford to give. That is a lousy mindset. I'm just telling you, I hope I'm not hurting your feelings, but if they are hurt, I hope they're good enough that you'll listen to what I'm saying. If you're telling me I'm not going to give because I can't afford to, you can peddle that somewhere else. It won't fly here. That dog won't hunt. You have to start with whatever you have of what the Lord is telling you. It doesn't have to be, I don't know, it might not be money, I don't know. But God will give you creative ideas. He'll give you a way for things to happen. But you have to trust him. 
we have this backwards. They have a lot so they can give a lot. They can afford to give. They give a lot. That's why they have a lot. Did you hear me? They give a lot. That's why they have a lot. When we did, listen to me, I'm just telling you from my heart. We've sat there and we didn't have money to even put together. We didn't know where our next meal's coming from. I'm just telling you truth. We went, you know, we finally got to go out to a restaurant. Got to go out to a restaurant. We finally, we got blessed with some money. And so we tithed right off the top of that. I'm going to say it one more time. We tithed right off the top of that. We tithed right off the top of that. We separated that money. We went out to eat, and I got to you know, sit and eat with my wife. And of all the places, we went to a pizza place, an East of Chicago pizza place, because we were hungry for pizza, and you know, hey, that was what was close. And so the waitress that came to take our order, my wife immediately, being the, I told you, marry a godly woman. She's like, she leans over, she says, we, we need And I said, with what? She said, well, we just got blessed. And my mind is in the man mode. We got all this stuff that we don't, we don't even know what we're going to. You know, I can give you 85 lists of why we don't need to bless this woman. We don't know her. Let's just give her $2 and say, happy days are here again. And she goes, no, we need to really bless her. And we had gotten, I think we got $100. And so we were buying our lunch, and I said, what are we going to bless you with? And she said, $50. Elizabeth, I'm coming to join you, honey. I mean, I'm like, 50 bucks? I don't even get to use all the 50 bucks of them. And she said, we need to, we need to bless her. You look in those beautiful eyes and try to tell them no. That just doesn't happen to me. Okay, but I didn't do body language. I didn't do any of that. I gotten I grown up. I had my pull ups on, so I was okay. I'm a big boy now. So <laughs> we we left her. I think we just left her cash, but she was crying. And here to find out her story is I I and I and I could be wrong. Kim could probably, but I think she. Um, she, had a, she had a child, husband left, she didn't know what she was going to do, she needed money, didn't have any food. And so we, we did, we just left her $50 and said, you know, we, we feel that, you know, and I came into agreement with her and I said, we feel God wanted you to give, we wanted to bless you with this. Can I, can I tell you, you might say, you can say whatever you want, but somebody, if you don't have anything, and God turned around and blessed us even more. Did I know that was coming? No, here's what I knew and what I was beginning to find out. If I put God first and I get my heart right, there's nothing can stop my God. Numbers 11.23 says, is my arm not waxed short? Am I not able to meet all your needs? Come on, somebody. I mean, nothing can stop God. Hell can't stop God. No demon in hell can stop God. And, and no demon can stop you that are serving God. If you get your heart to the place where you're just like, dear Lord, this is not mine, this is yours. When you realize whatever you have in your account is God's, you are just the steward over it, you are going to experience freedom like you've never had before. 
Deuteronomy 15, 15. Remember that you were once slaves in the land of Egypt. The Lord God redeemed you. That's why I'm giving you this command. God wants you to be generous because he has more than enough. Do you know he's not up in heaven going, oh, I hope, I hope Brett has enough for pizza. He's not doing that. He's just asking me to be a good steward. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. My father's sitting back in the, in the back room. This is before I ever knew that I was going to be a preacher or whatever. My mom would take me to these revivals. My mom would drag me everywhere to church. Anybody else ever have a mom like that? She'd just take me. They're having a church over here. Let's go. And I'd have to go there. And I'd sit there. And I, w- I still remember warm tears in different services. And I, I don't even know why I would be crying. I'd be just. And they would, there would always that preacher would always say, young man, could you stand up? And I'd stand up. And they'd say, God put on you. You're going to be a preacher. You're going to this and this and this. And. I remember those warm tears, and that happened more times than I can remember. But I'm saying all that just to say something. You know, you go to school, and you do all everything, and I wasn't a bad kid or anything, but I remember going in, my dad accepted Christ, my mom and dad both got saved, and I'd go in, and I would, I'd go in my dad's room, because I'd always try to take my dad's shirts, because he had, he had some flannel shirts, they were like the really nice ones, the real thick ones with the nice buttons. I had the ones that if you buttoned it wrong, your button broke. You know what I'm saying? And so dad had these nice shirts, and they happened to fit me. So I'd, like, I'd go ahead and get his shirt, and then he'd be like, Brad, have you been in my shirts? Yeah. Anyway, on his dresser sat a check, and the check was made out to the church. And I saw it every time he got paid, and it was for hundreds of dollars different times. And, and I remember asking him, I went to him, and I said, Dad, you give a lot of money to the church. And he said, we do, son, but it's not ours. He said something about, you know, something about tithing. And I didn't understand all that. But as I've grown in the Lord and God called me into ministry and all that, every one of my children have came to me and asked those same kind of questions. And I could say just what I read to you. We were once slaves, Mom and I. But Jesus set us free. And I will gladly give whatever he asks I'm asking you not if you think I'm pulling on your heartstrings keep your hands off your wall I I am not here to do I'm trying to get truth to you it's about our heart if we can fix the money thing we'll get everything else we'll start getting in line things will start happening that you'll be like oh wow I mean there's times We've had to give when it's not convenient. We've had to write tithe checks when it would be easy. We could have paid something else. But it wasn't ours. It was God's. So we would write it. And then something would happen that we'd have money to pay the other thing. It's amazing how God works. Fix the money thing. Look at your heart. We'll look at this for the next five weeks in different areas, different avenues. And all I want to do is present truth. I wouldn't miss a week of it if, if I was you. Not because I'm a great teacher. Um, I'm not saying that. But because I'm going to tell you what the word says. And you cannot. You cannot get better than the word of God. Bow your heads. Close your eyes, please.